As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm just sitting here with Denise, Maxime, and Joel, and we're just laughing and having fun waiting for you. And I want to say thank you for joining us. This morning when I woke up, I went and got my cup of coffee, I did my exercises, read my Bible, and went online to read all your comments in response to last night's Home Group. Thank you for all your comments. Isn't it wonderful that people get online and talk to us? Absolutely. Oh, we're so, so privileged that you get online and talk with us. By the way, Sister Renner, you look really pretty tonight. Thank you, Rick. I have to tell our Home Group what you're wearing. Okay, tell them. That necklace is Bedouin jewelry. It is real Bedouin jewelry. And I bought that for you in Jerusalem. You sure did. It's really pretty. I'd say pretty. many years ago. You know, Denise, it's the Christmas season. They kind of look like little Christmas bulbs. They do. It's very pretty, but it's better one. Anyway. Anyway. You look really pretty. pretty tonight. Thank you, honey. And Maxime, we're so glad you're with us. I'm excited to be here, and I'm very thankful to you for inviting me to this program because when I hear it's like like my seventh home group on Christmas, Yeah. and I'm hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God from you, and my faith is growing and growing and growing, and Christ is becoming more and more real to me through this program. What did you think about last night's home group when we were talking that the angels saw the face of God for the very first time? I loved it that uh, the heavenly host came to saw to see their commander in chief. Yes, they they never saw him and angel when he was announcing it. He said, "Idu, he himself was amazed. You guys, you shepherds, are going to see the face of God. We have not seen the face of God, and you're going to see the face of God. So we human beings are more." More privileged than angels. It's amazing. Actually, we have a lot of privileges that angels don't have. Okay. But that's another program. Okay. Hey, Joel, welcome. Thank you. And I want to say thank you for joining us. You know, it's an honor to study the Bible together. The Bible is a gift from God to us. And I am so glad we get to study it together. But I have a question. Yes. What is a Bedouin? Oh, what is a Bedouin? Well, a Bedouin, how would we describe it? It's a tribe. It's a kind of a wandering group of people, a nomadic people that live in the desert in the Middle East. Thank you. Shepherds mainly, right? No, well, no? well, they just live off the land, let's say that. So, okay. Rick, it's pretty amazing that they could make this. Oh, the Bedouins have beautiful jewelry. Actually, nothing they have is very beautiful except their jewelry. Mm -hmm. They live in tents. Some people would say that Abraham and Sarah kind of lived a Bedouin kind of a life as they were traveling, or Isaac in their tents. <laughs> But anyway, that's real Bedouin jewelry. It has nothing to do with the story of Christmas, but I'm glad you asked the question. Mm -hmm. Were you asking the same question, what is a Bedouin? But we want you to have the free download called Christmas, the rest of the story. <clears throat> My friend, it's 15 lessons. It's 124 pages, and it is free. Yes. And you won't be graded. These are 15 lessons you won't be graded on. <laughs> but really, the study guide is a gift. It is amazing. Yeah, I mean, Dad puts so many hours and yeah. so much work on these study guides. So thank you for saying Truly that. Truly a gift. Not it just is. me. We have a whole team that works on these study guides because the Lord put it on my heart to bring Sunday school to people. Mm -hmm. People in the Word of Faith charismatic movement do not have a Sunday school structure to be taught. We grew up with quarterlies. If you grew up a Baptist, you also had a quarterly. And I read my quarterly every Sunday morning because my mother was a Sunday school 
department director, and we had to read the quarterly. Sometimes I read it in the car on the way to church, but I wanted to be able to check my box on my offering envelope that I read my, my lesson. But anyway, there's no such thing in the Word of Faith, charismatic movement. And one day I thought, you know what? People need quarterlies. They, they need something that they can read through the Bible, study the Bible with something that's written. And so we made a decision that with everything we teach in the regular TV program, we're going to prepare a study guide so that you can see it or hear it and read it and really get it down deep inside you. This is such a gift, friend, and it's free. Please go online to get it. And when you order it, you should also order the series that goes with it, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. This series, you know, we just are translating it into the Russian language, and Maxime is doing the voiceover work. Maxime, what are you getting out of this series? When I do the voiceovers for your programs, I learn and I learn. And when I think of uh, doing this voiceovers, forgive me for repeating, repeating it, but it's from the Bible. The Bible says that our faith comes from hearing. I'm hearing and hearing and hearing, and my faith is growing and growing and growing. And Jesus Christ is becoming more real to me every time I do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, you said to me last Friday, you said, Pastor, I don't understand. After you've taught this subject 80 times probably, how can you still do it with such excitement? I just think this is the most exciting story. I I can hardly wait till next year when I get to teach it again. Anyway, you need to have the whole series and every single program begins in some location where all these events took place, in the real location. You'll love this and your grandkids will love it. It'd be a great gift to give to somebody. And because it's almost Christmas and you need to order a gift for somebody for next year, why don't you get them sparkling gems number one, sparkling gems number two. These are amazing gifts. They will use them and use them, and they're beautiful books. I mean, they're really beautiful, Joel. Oh, they are. And we've received so many comments. If you go to Amazon and read all the reviews, I think you'll be happy with these books. But we don't want you to go to Amazon. We want you to come to us. Oh, yes, but I'm just telling you that there's been so many good reviews about this book. It's truly miraculous because those are not small books. These are not quick reads. But... They're broken down in the everyday, and every day is like three pages. Two pages, three pages. Yeah, it's not hard to do. In Russian, we say, how do, you eat an, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And those books to me are like elephants. I mean, they're pretty big. But you can just take it one day at a time, and by the end of the year, you'll read all those wonderful pages. They're really supernatural books, because Sparkling Gems number one, you know, people say, oh, how long is it going to take me to read that? It's going to take you a year, because it's one a day. I wrote that in 60 days. Yeah. I do not know how that is possible. I would say it would take you 10 minutes a day. And you'll read the whole book. Maybe even five minutes. Yeah, it's wonderful. But it will really take you somewhere spiritually. It's a daily devotional. That's right. And it has a prayer. It has a confession. It's got questions to help you really kind of probe your heart to see what to do with what you just read. But hey, let's go back to Christmas, the rest of the story. And today, we're going to see Jesus' dedication in the temple. Now, when Denise and I were growing up, we grew up in the Southern Baptist denomination. I have to honestly tell you, I'm glad that we grew up in that denomination. We didn't understand the moving of the Holy Spirit, but they really loved the Bible. And they taught the Bible very well. And they put a strong foundation in us. 
but we did not have a great appreciation for other denominations. I have to say that honestly. We didn't care much for Methodists. We didn't care much for Presbyterians. Catholics. Catholics. Ugh. In fact, when Denise was a girl, when she was 12, she had to sign a commitment card. We still have it somewhere that said, I promise before God, I will not marry a Catholic. <laughs> there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good Catholic <laughs> believers. We How just, old were you? Twelve. Twelve. When you were twelve years old. That's amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot of good Catholic believers, and we thought that Episcopals that there was no such thing as a saved Episcopal. Oh yeah. So we just were pretty narrow, and we thought that, of course, Pentecostals were crazy. Crazy. I guess we kind of just approved of ourselves. We were rather uh, we were stuck on ourselves. We I were a little say. narrow. But one thing I really thought was just awful, 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 awful. You and I have never talked about this. Was a baby dedication. What is wrong with those churches dedicating babies? Babies don't know anything. What are those people doing dedicating babies? We just thought, I thought that was just awful. Well, there's a big problem because Jesus was dedicated as a baby. A baby dedication is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a highlight in our church. We do it several times a year, and I love it because it really shows our church is very fruitful. I mean, when we have baby dedications, it looks like an army of babies up there being dedicated. It's so much fun. But we're going to find out today about Jesus' dedication as a baby. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, in Luke 2, verse 22, the Bible tells us they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This was a baby dedication. But when did all this take place? Well, Luke 2, verse 21 says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. So that occurred on the eighth day, which is when really religious Jews circumcised their little boys. It always happened on the eighth day. That tells us something about Joseph and Mary. They were very committing, committed to doing it right. But about 32 days after Jesus was circumcised, or 40 days after his birth, Mary and Joseph were still in Bethlehem. They were still in Bethlehem, which was very near to of course, Jerusalem. And verse 22 says, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, that's 40 days, 40 days, they brought him to Jerusalem. Well, if you've ever been to Bethlehem in Jerusalem, you know it's just a little skip right over there. So Bethlehem is here. They're going to walk right over to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And what Mary and Joseph did that day in the temple is what most of us would call a baby dedication. But if you stop to think about it, even though they're presenting him to the Lord, in reality, baby dedications are parent dedications. Denise, do you want to explain that? Well, you explain it because you do it better than me. Because it's really the parent making the decision Mm -hmm. that we're going to present this child to Jesus or to God. We're committing as parents. We're going to bring this child to church. We're going to raise this child in the Word of God. We're going to teach this child that God has a call in his life, that he has been dedicated, and his purpose is to serve God for the rest of his life or her life. It's not just 
presenting the baby, it is a parent dedication. And in our church, when we have our baby dedications, I always say, friends, we call this a baby dedication, and it is, but mostly it is a parent dedication. Um, this yeah. is when parents <clears throat> make a decision. Joel? Whenever I came up with, with my wonderful wife, Olya, and we brought up Daniel and Mark, on our baby dedication day... You've had two. It was, uh, it was a special day for us because we realized that, yes, we're going to raise our children based on the Bible. And that was really the decision we were being made. Well, and every night since then, I've been reading my kids the Bible before they go to bed. And this year, both of my children, with myself, we walked up the front and they dedicated their lives to the Lord in front of everybody. They already done that at home, but we understand that it's important to do that in front of people also. And it's just wonderful. That baby dedication, which was really me and my wife's dedication to raise our children based on the Bible, is going to change my kids' life. It really is. It's going to change their lives. And I think it's a wonderful thing to do. Denise? Well, I just, I, I mean, I know when our kids, our children, our sons were born, that we prayed over them immediately. R right there. And gave them to the Lord. And, and there's... I think there's something powerful about that. A, a, baby, a baby dedication is a formal, uh, it's more memorable. <clears throat> but when that little baby is given to you, that is a priceless, priceless gift. It's a real stewardship. Oh, yeah. Our children are the most precious, precious possession that we have. And... And to take that which is so precious and to immediately give it to the Lord. Yes, Joel. I had a really hard time with it. I didn't, I didn't understand. I've heard it so many times you've explained it. But internally, in my mind, it was like, I don't understand why we have to go up front with our kids and dedicate them to the Lord. They're, not, they, they're too young to make a decision like that. But it's really not their decision. It's their parents' decision Mm -hmm. to raise them correctly. Mm -hmm. and, and whenever I looked at it that way, I understood I have to go up and do this. And it's been so helpful. But Luke tells us that they presented him to the Lord. I want to talk about that word present. Yeah, too. The word present is a Greek word, peristomy, and listen to what it means in this particular case. To place at one's disposal. So when they presented Jesus to the Lord, they were placing him at God's disposal. Mm. To surrender to offer a sacrifice to God. This was their sacrifice. Mm. To present a special offering, to dedicate, now listen, to dedicate once and for all, which means this is an irrevocable decision. Mm. To present once and for all, it carries the idea of finality. So when they presented Jesus to the Lord, it really means they surrendered him to God. They placed him at God's disposal. They symbolically offered him as their sacrifice, which they were giving to God. They dedicated him once and for all to the purposes of the Father. But there's something very important I want you to get. Now keep all of this in mind. Mary and Joseph have come to Jerusalem. They're presenting Jesus to the Lord. This is a very serious moment. Once and for all, finality total surrender, total sacrifice, the Greek word peristomy to present. It is the same word used in Romans 12, verse 1. When the Apostle Paul writes and says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Which means we have to come to a moment in our lives, just like that moment, when Mary and Joseph physically went to Jerusalem. There was physical movement involved. There was preparation involved. When they went to Jerusalem that day to do this, they didn't just show up in Jerusalem by accident. It was very intentional. It was a celebration. They went there intentionally to do something. And when they got there, <clears throat> they presented Jesus once and for all, total surrender. And now Paul uses this word present to talk about what we are personally supposed to do. And he says to us, I beseech you. The Greek really means I'm begging you, I'm pleading you, I'm imploring you, my brethren, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which means we're not going to be dedicated to the Lord by accident. We have to be intentional about it. We have to be celebrative about it. We've got to put our whole heart and soul into it. And when we do it, it is once and for all, it is an irrevocable decision. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, there's a problem with this. Because when Paul was writing this, I'm sure that his readers in Rome, they must have said, what, what, what did he say? What? A living sacrifice? Because there was no such thing as a living sacrifice. If you came to a temple with an animal to sacrifice, and you walked off with a living animal, then you made no sacrifice. There was no sacrifice unless there was a death. And if you understand the anatomy of a sacrifice, by the way, in my book called A Light in Darkness, if you don't have it, you should order it. I have a whole section called An Anatomy of a Sacrifice. It will help you understand Romans 12, verse 1. But if you understand the anatomy of a sacrifice, sacrifices didn't happen by accident. A lot of work went into the making of a sacrifice. You had to come, for example, to the altar with an ox. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody comes into town to a temple by accident with an ox. There's a lot of preparation in this. And you brought your very best ox. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you poured wine over the ox. You put barley on top of the ox. You wrapped wreaths around its head. You painted its horns. I mean, this was a celebrated, celebrative moment. And when you came to that altar, <clears throat> and you had to walk the ox up steps. Because the altar was... Actually, the altar was not very big. It was about the size of these little ottomans, but taller. Just high enough that you could fold the neck of an ox or an animal over onto that altar. Then you would cut its throat. You would bleed the beast. And if there was no death, if there was no shedding of blood, then there was not a sacrifice. If you walked away with a living beast, then there was no sacrifice. So here you have the word sacrifice, which means something's supposed to die, but yet it's a living sacrifice. Paul is literally saying every day we are to come to the altar of God and renew our commitment. Every day we are to present intentionally ourselves to the Lord. It should be celebrative. It should be a very central moment in our day every day.
just like they covered those beasts with corn and barley and wine and painted their horns. And it was a celebrated moment. It is a big deal when we come every day and say, Lord, here I am. My body is yours. My mind is yours. My life is yours. My emotions, everything I have, everything I possess, it is all yours. It should be a definite celebrative moment in our life every day. And that's why Paul calls it a living sacrifice. It's the picture of us crawling on the altar every day. But what are we to sacrifice? First of all, we are to sacrifice our bodies. Every day, Paul says in this verse, we are to present our body. Now, to be honest, I do it every night when I go to bed. I pray every night when we go to bed about our health. I pray about our bodies. God, take our bodies. When I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about my body belonging to the Lord. Now, you might say, How do I know if I've really presented my body to the Lord? Well, I'm going to give you a test. You may not like this. When you get out of the bathtub or get out of the shower, just go look in the mirror. And what you see may tell you whether or not you've ever really dedicated your body to the Lord. Because when your body belongs to the Lord, you take care of your body. But if you look at yourself and you say, yeah, 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 it's very possible that maybe you did present your body to the Lord, but you took it back. Because if your body belongs to the Lord, it's His. You can't abuse it. You can't overfeed it. You can't overwork it. It is His. In fact, we're told in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and your body is not your own. This is not mine. It's not yours. It's not yours. Because we presented it to the Lord. So when you look in the mirror, does the reflection tell you that you have presented your body to the Lord? Or do you need to crawl up on that altar more often to say, Lord, I'm here to renew my commitment? But wait, you need to present your mind to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Amen. Amen. With all thine heart hmm, and with all thine mind and all thy might, a lot of people have given their hearts to Jesus, but boy, they have not given their brain to him. And Jesus wants more than your heart. Jesus wants your mind. He really wants your mind. He wants how you think, what you see, what you allow into your mind. He understands how important is your mind. That's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, that's what he is. Your mind is so important. You've got to present your mind to the Lord. But wait, there's something else you have to present to the Lord. This is a big one, your emotions. And this is one really hard for people to present to the Lord. Because people say, well, I know I need to present my heart to the Lord. I need to present my body to the Lord. I need to present my mind to the Lord. But you know what? I have a right to feel what I want to feel. It is, it is my life. If I want to feel this way, I can feel this way. No, not really. No. That means your emotions belong to you. And if your emotions belong to you, you're really in trouble. Because your emotions will take you up. Your emotions will take you down. And what's really sad is your emotions will change on one subject in one day many times. You may feel different about something in the morning and feel different about the same subject by mid-morning, by afternoon, by the evening, by the time that you go to bed. You may feel different about it again by the next morning. Your emotions are up and down and all over the place. And as long as they are yours, well, you're going to be challenged. 
you have to present your emotions to the Lord. And this is something that you may have to crawl up on the altar and renew many, many times, more than once a day, Denise. Well, this is very serious. Yeah, of course it's serious. And it wasn't, it wasn't, a, well, it's not, a, you said it was a pleading. I, I, I implore you. I implore you. I beg you. I plead with you. I plead with you. I beseech you. you. Mm -hmm. It was very serious to do it. And it means to surrender all of your faculties, mm. placing yourself at God's disposal once and for all, which means you have to say, Lord, my body is yours. I'm going to live today like my body is yours. My mind belongs to you. What I think, what I process, what I remember, what's in my memory, what I remove from my memory, it's all yours. My emotions, I'm going to surrender my right to feel what I want to feel. And I'm going to make my emotions come into alignment with what you tell me I should feel about things. I'm going to tell you, that'll be, that's life-changing. Mm -hmm. It's life-changing. Uh, it also makes me think how precious we are to God. You know, sometimes we just think God is over here and I'm doing my thing. And No, 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 no. He knows every thought that before we even think it. He, he knows what we're going to say before we even say it. He is so aware of us, of what we feel, of what we think, of what we're doing to our body or what we're not doing to our body, because even if we do not present it to him, it still belongs to him. Mm. Our body belongs to him. It does. Joel? Well, tonight we're talking about Christmas, and you might be asking, what does my body and my emotions and my mind or my heart have to do with Christmas. Well, Jesus was dedicated to the Lord eight days after he was born. And the apostle Paul, 40, 40. 40, 40 days, I'm so sorry. And we need to dedicate ourselves to the Lord, like the apostle Paul was saying. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I think if we dedicate one of these things to the Lord, it will already be life-changing. And you know, it's, it tells us in Romans 12 too, that when you present your body as a living sacrifice, it's holy and acceptable unto God. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That word acceptable, here's what it means. Fully pleasing, fabulous, fabulous, fully agreeable, a sacrifice that God has accepted and approved, which means God thinks it is fabulous. Everybody say fabulous. 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 When we surrender our lives to him every day, a sacrifice life is what he expects, consumes, and then fills with his presence. But Joel said, and Joel, I'm glad that you brought us back to our subject, that this really is about Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that before Joseph and Mary and their baby Jesus, before they left Bethlehem and Jerusalem to go back home, they finished business. Mm -hmm. They went to Jerusalem and they dedicated Jesus to the Lord, a once and for all dedication, the same word which Paul uses mm -hmm. in Romans 12:1 when he pleads with us to make a once and for all dedication of our bodies and our lives and our faculties to the Lord. But hey, 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 there's a problem in this whole story. Big, big problem. We just finished the whole Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, and there's no star and no wise men and no Herod. Where in the world are they? 
Well, that's where we're going to find out in Matthew chapter 2 when we come back mm -hmm. to home group. But we're out of time. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.